0: Blog talk radio
1: Welcome to the Sandra Herrick show with host Sandra Herrick on the star Nation radio network
2: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Sandra Herrick Show, and happy full moon. I do believe it is today, and it's as cloudy and hazy and gray as New England can possibly be, but it's misty and magical and twilight. So wherever the moon is going to come up that you'll see, please wave to it for us. In the meantime, I would like you all to truly... Get ready for a wonderful, wonderful show. This is about women's groups. This is about I have the opportunity of truly having the honor of doing women's groups probably since I'm in my early 20s. So that's a long time. And currently I have a group that shares their souls, their hearts, and their spirits with me here three times a month we gather And some of the women that have been attending have actually been here for over 10 years. They've come in and out. And some are more... they take a step back when they need to, and some are newer. But how long would you say that you're here? So you're the newest person. So how long have you been here? Three years? Yeah. And we're going to have confidentiality tonight. So I'm only going to introduce everybody by their first name because that is one of the rules and ethics of any type of an emotional gathering and a place where you enter sacred space. So everybody take a deep breath. Close your eyes. And be within the femininity of the full moon. Oh my goodness, there's going to be some work, so I'm going to start belching. All righty. So I dedicate tonight to the light in the wonderful mists and mysticism and the mysteries of the feminine. To know that we are powerful, enlightened beings when we are standing in the brightness you, of the light.
0: You, but we're even more
2: we, powerful and mysterious and magnificent when we are in the shadow, in the mists, in those spaces of the undercurrents of our psyche, our emotions, in that power of intuition and in the depth of the fact that not everything needs to be seen in order to be experienced, that we learn to trust, we learn to explore. And I believe that that is one of the greatest things that gives me the honor of feeling the right to do, the right of passage of being with women. And that is to be present in the mystery of everyone, to be awake in the place where somebody stirs and says, I'm here, can you find me? It's also a wonderful opportunity to discover that we have voices inside of us that need to be escorted to their vocalness, allowed to be discovered, allowed to be presented. So what we're doing tonight is bringing you a group of women that have done and do their work. I'm here tonight to explain what personal work really is and to give them the floor about what work and personal work is to them and what it means to belong to a circle, a circle where you are co-responsible for discovering and exploring and offering to the personal development of someone else and the care they need in their life. So know that this is offered to you. Welcome to the show. And if you'd like to call in and um, say something, if you have a question, come over to chat and it's 646 478 4543 and if you're going to come in just uh share whatever's on your heart okay first of all i would like to thank these ladies for coming here tonight and i'd like to welcome them by name patty i believe and linda are the longest patty but linda is the 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 um before you got married. Before I got married, she's the eldest alumni, <laughs> and not just because she and I are our age, but she's been attending that long. Then Patty, and then Phoebe, and then Rebecca. And it's interesting because you all came in at different times of a group, and so you were established in your work. A lot of things happened. Then you came in, and I remember you sitting back and going, "Oh, really." <laughs> Should I or shouldn't I? And who the hell are these people? <laughs> and 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 then what happens when we crack open, or what all of a sudden you feel safe? And for and I was talking with Linda and of Patty and for Rebecca, when you came, there was such a clarity of your life was in such a place of transition that there was no place else for you to be except within your emotion and have the guidance to be it. And for C V what I remember most about you coming in was the fact that you came in with a glare. After
3: <laughs> I cried. Have you <laughs> cried, yes,
2: of course. And it's like, you know, I promise everybody I will eventually get them to cry. <laughs> but there's that place of we have all walks of life, all sorts of professionalisms here. And so it's amazing how when we get together, It's not about what we do in our personal life that brings us together or who we are in our jobs. It's who we are in our humanness that brings us together. So I'd like to just pass the phone around. I'm going to give it to Linda first and go in the other order. And just introduce yourself. And and what brought you to the group?
3: Thank you, Sandy. Wow. As usual, I've already started crying when you started talking. Just you, what comes
2: from the heart reaches the heart. And um, for me, I
3: have always been searching. And to me, Star Wars was the force, was like amazing to turn my thoughts towards more spiritual
2: quests that I have been on since then. And um, when I got to women's group, and I have to mention Kathy's name, I was getting a massage by her, and she said there's this new women's group in New Hampshire. And, um, you know, I came in searching, and I was Miss Goody Two-Shoes. <laughs> and I still am writing things down. For those who knew me back then, I still write things down because that's how I am. But um,
3: the 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 growth, the deepening, the um,
2: unraveling of the onion within me was has been just an amazing journey. And um, you know, I keep touching my heart. I keep hitting my heart because that's what women's group has done is touched my heart. And opened and and and, and uh, revealed my heart, and that I am forever grateful for. So thank you that's good. pass it on.
4: Hi, I'm Patty. and I uh, came to Sandy's women group after working with Sandy privately for a while, and um coming to sandy's women women's group. Was the first time I'd ever done any kind of a group um, work, and I was a, a little intimidated by the whole process. Um, and uh, and when I first joined, it was it was a pretty good sized group, and uh, I came in by myself, and it was a, a little intimidating. But um, I stayed, and I'm glad I stayed. And what the what it what it offers is. The when you do private work, it's 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 your work and the the facilitation of Sandy. But when you do it in group, um, you have the ability to um, work with other people's work, and from that you can help them. But you also find yourself being helped in the process. I, I I have come very far in my own work while. Either helping someone else with their work or just observing other people's work, and um, and it's it's while we may all be struggling with our own um, issues and neuroses and dysfunctions, uh, in the end we're all looking for the same thing. We're all um, reaching for the same thing, and and so. Uh, it's amazing how many parallels there are when you watch somebody else do their work and you're like, Oh, Oh, that, oh, that makes sense. Oh, that's, that's just like what I'm feeling over here with this thing. And, and um, so it, it becomes um, everybody's work and everybody benefits and everybody learns and everybody moves forward together and nobody is left behind. Um, and, and it's safe and it's, nurturing, and it's hard, and it's um, supportive, and it's all of that, you know, in one big bucket. So um, I have grown so much through the process, um, and I'm so grateful to have the opportunity to meet all these incredible women that are in the group, amazing, strong, um, and loving women, and I am just so honored to have had the opportunity to be a part of it all.
3: Baby. Hi, so I'm Stevie,
2: and I've been in a women's
3: group now for about eight years. I've been faithfully coming, pretty much every week. Um, women's group, uh, women's group in general, just draws me because of the sacred feminine um, and the ancient practice of women coming together in circle, you know, like a circle of stones. It's a place that is non-threatening. And uh, it allows me to connect with my feminine base uh, with other women. So it, it can be hard to be truthful and to see myself clearly. And I want to be in a group of women that I can feel comfortable with in order to find that space in myself. And Women's Group has helped me to do that. So it's, uh, it's been invaluable to me. And I remember the first day I did Women's Group, I just burst out crying. I had no idea why I was crying
2: and it just went from there.
5: So it's been been great. Over to Rebecca. Hi. So I've been in women's group for about three years now and um, what brought me to women's group was this inner turmoil or need to release all these emotions that I had inside me um, that needed to come out. I was a client of Sandra's for a few years before she invited me into this group, and the turmoil had built up so much, but in doing the work with Sandra and getting perspective on the work that needed to be done and the work that her and I had done together um, had allowed me to see safe enough to join more women. Um, You know, I was nervous because initially I felt safe with Sandra. She was the only person that I had, you know, relayed these feelings to, these deep kind of, you know, dark feelings that I had held on to for years, you know since childhood, and I finally got to a place where the turmoil had built up so much that the release was happening, but not in the ways that um, I wanted it to come out, you know it was coming out in more threatening ways or or um you know dark ways and although she was helping me see the light in all of this and a different perspective. I knew in that time when she invited me into the group that it would offer a circle of, you know, more protection, more safety um, and sharing. And then being with the group for three years now has allowed me to see the connections that we form the trust that's been happening, how we all connect, how our situations and the stories are relatable, how we offer each other different perspectives in distinguishing the story so we don't get so caught up in the story that we had been telling ourselves for years, since childhood. So it's almost like this energy dynamic where we kind of feed off of each other and help one another and feel safe and are um,
2: respectful. Thank you, ladies. And thank you for not just the way that you introduce yourselves, thank you for the quality of how you express yourselves because that to me is what's so profound about women when we gather is that we do have this depth of voice we do have this depth of expression and there's not always the place to to bring that not always welcome if we go to work because of political or religious um, feelings. It's not always even, um, I mean, I'll be very blunt. I would be talking to my own husband and he'd look me right in the face. He goes, what on earth are you saying? I said, I am speaking English. (laughs) It was like, you know, and that it took, um, he and I a time to develop a language And what I find very, very significant is how important we as a group have found a language. And we use our words, but now we have become capable to say something the way we feel it rather than to stutter or to feel embarrassed or ashamed or to get that lock up in your throat or that trepidation of I'm not going to be understood, I can't say it. I will be very honest when I was in my you know my first marriage, one of the great horrors of my life was that so so you need to be careful because if we hear you talk, um we can hear you in, so put yourself maybe on mute unless you want to talk um, but thank you for being there um there's that beauty of knowing that when I really had something so deep and clean to share, I would get scared to share it because the consequences would be. That's the bottom line. And I would always kind of work my way from the top of the hill down. Maybe take a quarter or two. And I'll take a detour. And I'll catch a train. Take the bike, you know, but never say the bottom truth. And what I really feel is that in this work that women are doing, in the work that we do as a group here intimately, is we're finding that the truth isn't really all that harmful. It brings relief to the conversation. I would like Phoebe to talk about that because something just happened in her work that brought that out. And and your partner's truth. You know, that you heard the
3: truth and
2: all of a sudden it explains something.
3: You could steal. Yeah, it, it, it takes a little bit of time to get to one's truth. And um, I actually got to... a. Uh, significant truths in my life to uh, another woman's group member um, who's been in a woman's group with me for at least eight years. And uh, we've been sharing our stories for years, and I've listened to her story, have compassion for her story, and we've been working with her issues. And then um, something happened in my life where I just suddenly connected to her story dramatically. And it has been invaluable in helping me get through a fairly difficult time uh, with my partner. And actually, I was able my her partner, whom she was struggling with, was my counterpart. My, my passions actually went with her partner. Um, and understanding my partner's struggles uh, with his uh, daughter, um, who has been challenging for me to uh, be with. And um, so, through working with her, um, my partner and I were able to come to a very truthful discussion about how his struggles with how uh, I react with his daughter and why he behaves the way he behaves. And I was able to hear him. I was able to understand what he said because I've been working with this with Carol in the women's group. And... um, it, it allowed me to uh, really step that's over it. a very huge abyss in my relationship.
0: And I'm extremely yeah, yeah. grateful.
3: And that's the way working Group works. You know, you quietly sit and listen to another person's story. Um, and while they do your, their work, you are doing your work. And eventually, you both step out. And so that's, that, that's what happened with Carol and I.
2: There is... Sue, so are you talking? I'm going to have to help text her and let her know that she needs to put herself on mute. So one of the things I would like to talk about is not everybody in group is here, so we want to acknowledge that. But I would like to go to Patty for a minute because I really want to talk about what it means to be challenged and to feel what happens when your stuff comes up that wants to come up, and we don't want it to come up, but there it is, and then when I find it. What so I, um, yeah, so I,
4: I had a lot of stuff. Um, I, I came from a pretty dysfunctional family, but you know, who, who doesn't, who doesn't. Okay. Um, but I, uh, I, I really had um, a lot of stuff really internalized and, um, and when the- things started coming up and I would first start working with Sandy, um, I found that uh, that there was a part of me that wanted it to come up, that wanted to deal with it, and there's a part of me that there was a part of me that was afraid of it, that was a, a afraid it would hurt, that was afraid um, what you know how 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 bad would it be, how big is it, how you know how much change would it encompass. So there's there's fear, there's fear, and there's hope, and there's fear, and there's desire. And um, and what I've learned in doing the work um, is that the fear is bigger than the actual what we fear. You know, we we make we make the fear really big and really huge. And and I think that's because it's it's instilled in us when we're young. You know, whatever it is that I'm afraid of at the, in that moment is that fear was instilled to me when I was a little kid. And it has gone to my core, and my core remembers, and my core doesn't want to ever feel that again, but my core remembers it as a child. So as an adult, I am in a much better place to handle whatever that is. Um, And so what I've had to learn is is that uh, that I have to have that conversation with myself and let myself know that um, it's, it's probably not as big as I am afraid of it being because the fear is from when I was young. And I'm an adult now and I can handle it and it's going to hurt, but, you know, it's probably not going to hurt as much as I'm afraid of it hurting. And, and once I learned that, once I learned that, I um I was able to, to move forward with um so many of these challenges easier. I mean, there's still times I'll be like, oh, crap, this is going to hurt. Oh, crap, I don't want to deal with this. But it's not not immobilizing. It's not immobilizing anymore. It's just like, okay, we'll deal with it, we'll feel it, we'll walk it, and we'll get to the other side.
2: What happens when you feel the resistance start to break? And I want that for everybody because we all feel that. What happens for any of you when that happens?
4: Um let's let's see. So when I feel the resistance start to break, uh it's it's um
5: it's uh, the resistance
2: sharing. Is that what you're saying? The resistance the, resistance the opening of work. The resistance right. to open. The resistance to like it's right there. Right towards me like so this is about when, when our stuff comes up, because we've called it. Our subconscious has really said, I want you out of the way, and I'm going to do a few things to get you out of the way, and I know that I want you out of the way, and I'm going to do whatever I'm going to do because you're going to get out of the way. And you're talking to your stuff. I don't think so.
0: <laughs> and
2: we start to press it back or we start to pound on it or we start to act out and I think one of the great things about our group and the work that I do is that tracker in me that intuitive seer inside me that when I do see your stuff it's kind of like it's like there you are mm-hmm. and when I got it food, you may think you <laughs> got me I know <laughs> so what is it what's it like to be food? <laughs>
4: there's there's a relief in it there's a there's a relief in it there's a um there's a a, a letting go it's it's a finality of of just letting go and and you, it's it's given let god at that point it's it's like they say in a you know it's finally acknowledging you don't have control there you know there is no control and you just have to let go and go with it
3: thought about this um and so when we're sitting in group and sandy is working with us she works with us through her heart and through the power of love so you can feel it when she's working with you and when she hits a spot that is your truth um and you have this like um suddenly the self-enlightenment that happens that wasn't there a moment ago. I know for myself, I start going through these this period of, um, oftentimes it's sadness, but um, it's like the stages of grief. So, you know, I see it again and again in women's group. It can be, you know, you get angry at yourself or you can get immediately sad. <laughs> Um, you can start bargaining these things and then you, as you're going through these stages of grief you're going through you know, to your truth through the, what's going to happen your, through your transformation is happening so you have to understand that this is what happens when somebody is helping you to see your own truth that you have not been able to see before so that's how I would explain how it happens for me
2: And for me, Linda speaking, um, with Sandy and the other women participating, but Sandy, she, you know, I can be bullshitting and going da 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 with my story and da-da-da-da-da-da-da with my story. And then Sandy will come in with a nose dive deeper. And she will say a question that brings me down a level. And that down a level starts getting to my heart. It's from my head and my brain where I'm blah, 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 blah. And then she'll keep going. She'll say, I'm going to stay with this. I got a feeling. And she might start belching. And when she starts (laughs) belching, "Uh uh-oh, you're the one. And if it happened to have been me, she will stay on me, even through my bullshit answers and all my blah, 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 she'll get down and down and down to my heart. And when she gets to my heart, I start crying. And when I start crying, I get to my my truth, I get to my soul. And when I get to my soul, I get to who I am. And that is fantastic. As hard as it is and as painful as it is, it is so worth it every single time. It's like when I would go to women's group, and go, uh-oh, I hope I'm not it tonight.
0: <laughs> because
2: Sandy can be ruthless in a merciful way. Ruthless in a merciful way. And she gets, she just does it. She gets to the truth and to, for me, my heart, my soul. Thank you. Thank you. what's <laughs> it um, like to get busted,
5: Rebecca. <laughs> so I think when you get to that point of getting busted, <laughs> um, it's like that crossroads of, like, surrender, where you're like, okay, like, someone sees me, you know? Because you're always, like, going through this life, You want to share your truth, but you want to share it with people who see you for who you are and appreciate your truth. And when you see that and someone dies, you know, the busted, the truth of I see who you are, you know, bring it, process of surrender, and then it turns into sharing and then reflection, and then growing as a group. So, I mean, it's, it's awesome. It's, it's a release, like a few of the women said, um, but it's nerve-wracking. I mean, the first year that I started group, I remember driving over from Vermont into New Hampshire to Sandra and just being so nervous. You know, like, I was like, is anyone else, like, you know, driving into group feeling as nervous as as I am? Like, oh, my God, I got to sit there and share. But I knew deep down that this is what I needed to do. You know, I needed to listen to other people's stories. I needed to hear their truth because I knew that that would Propel me to speak my own truth because I know that I'm a sharing person and I want to share. So, being around women who had hearts of gold and her, who were willing to accept me into their group and listen to my story um, been a really great experience and
2: it's awesome. <laughs> I'd like to say that there's also a wonderful phenomena within group because one of the things that we get to explore because of who I am and that I'm not bogged down in the quote-unquote technical, um, clinical way of being a therapist, that the soul work is brought in, the intuition is brought in, the mysticism is brought in. And so it's also that incredible gift that I'm given to have sight so that when I see something, whether it's past, present or future, it gives me the shivers, that our bodies start talking. That all of the people I end up working with end up belching their own belches. (laughs) And that we've also been learning how to trust that when our body speaks, that we listen to it with the goosebumps on our goosebumps, with that deep quiver, with when we're feeling the the reality of mirroring someone, that someone can talk, and we can feel a feeling that they're having that they don't even know that they're necessarily having. And that, to me, brings the bravery. Louis just brought in dinner. I don't know if saw that. <laughs> Hurry up, dear. <laughs> and so there's that place of I would really like to talk about What's it like to be in the mysticism of group, past lives, when spirit walks in the room, when all of a sudden the room shakes or that spirit enters? So, whoever so I appreciate
5: group because I knew I had demons to tackle from, you know, childhood or whatever, but honestly... I was like, can we move it forward to the mysticism and to the spirit stuff? Because that's what I'm really interested in. But to fully appreciate that and to put myself in that mindful state of spirit, I also knew that, um, you know, I needed to clear stuff. Like Linda was saying, like peel the onion, peel these layers off in order to become in this more, um, purified state because then it would allow this mysticism, um, and spirit to enter me, even though it was before, but it would help me to be more aware of that energy that was and has always been, you know, there for all of us to, um, be aware of and to take hold of and the past three years after, well, three years and then a couple of years before that with Sandra, after peeling off all these layers and starting to understand and just be connected to the energy um, that we can't see, it's just really amplified and that's been mo- most recently being brought to group. It's seeing the connection with the ladies. It's seeing the connection to everyone else. It's um, allowed me to see the bigger picture and how we all are so connected and how patterns happen. And I find it interesting that we're all of these different ages and groups. It just reminds me that cycles happen. And in order to you know, grow and move forward um, within these cycles and to help one another, you know, we need to support each other in the awareness and the perspective in
2: a gentle and loving way. Okay. So we have a question. We have a question in the chat room, and that is, how does someone know when they're ready to do their work? And, you know, that's a spectacular question because each person as far – I'm going to pass around the phone. But each person is ignited literally when, in my honest observation, when whatever has had you suffocated, whatever has been the story that originated that started to stop you from being you, As you were growing up, which can be an assortment of dilemmas, it intercepts your natural spirit, and then you learn to cope, and then you learn to survive, and then you learn to hide, and then you learn to deal, and then you learn to dismiss, and then you learn to develop a part of your own character that is because you have been affected. And what happens when we do that is our original being has been put to the side or tucked away and said, listen, stay here. I'm going to get Superwoman here, and she's going to come out, and she's going to take care of everything, and um, you stay here until further notice. And then something happens in our soul when the survivor has done a really good job, and the real us starts to say, I'm ready to be with you. You have made it safe enough for me to return. And there is a call, a stirring. And what happens when someone wants to do their work is they may not know that they've heard the call, but the call knows that it's calling. And so this is when you get into good therapy, into good groups, and know that you may not know what it is that's calling you, but it is your heart and soul remembering you made a deal with it and that you would return. And then the work is to remind the survivor that it's done a good job. We're not going to fire it. We're not going to you know, shame it or blame it or deny it. It becomes incorporated at the very core of who you are. And so that calling is your own innocence that says the survivor went out and got wise, learned how to kick ass, learned how to handle it, Or it learned how to become an addict, or it learned how to become so self destructive that I have to remind it it's worth living. And so that call is please remember you are alive. How would anybody like to say you started? My survivor um, found
4: its way through life by hiding and in my young um, adulthood it found one of the easiest and best ways to hide was through alcohol and um, I partied alcohol and other recreational stimulation and I partied and I drank and um, and and was able to interact with the world that way. Um, that was one of my survivor skills. But then I found myself um, partying a little too much, and after having a few blackout sessions and you know waking up and not remembering, and uh, I started to think, okay, something's not quite right here. And that's when I started. That was my wake-up call. And that's when I started um, seeking out uh, ways to, to find myself. And I started, uh, but I also at that point didn't know how to do it, and I read every self-help book there was, and this was years ago, so there wasn't quite, the, the section in the stores wasn't quite so big, but I read every health, help, self-help book there was, and I did every meeting that you could, Al-Anon and AA and ACOA and, and, you know, all of those groups, and until finally a friend of mine gave me the name of a therapist. And, um, and when I, I remember my first session with her, I sat across the couch from Erin, and, and she said to me, "Well, you know, this process usually takes about five years." And I, inside my head, I remember thinking, "Ah, oh, oh, you know, I'll do this in six months."
0: <laughs> and
4: five years to the day, I was saying goodbye to her. <laughs> to the like day, practically, yeah. So that was my first round, and then um, and then I progressed from there. I, I went out into the world for a while, and and then. Um, and integrated what I had learned there. And then I did another stint um, for a year with a different therapist and then took that new knowledge and went out into the world and integrated that. And then when I moved back to Vermont, um, someone uh, suggested I meet with Sandy. And when I sat across from her, I I knew. I need to say
2: what he said.
4: (laughs) (laughs) He said, he said, I'll give you her name. She's therapy on speed. <laughs>
5: <laughs> like that's
4: what I need. so I went and it, um, and I sat across from her and I said okay this is the one that's going to get me over the finish line
0: and
2: here I am what, what happened when, what kick started you oh my god, oh my god. Oh. bumpity 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 bump down the road of life Bumpity, 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 bump. Try this. Check this out.
3: Do this. Try this group. Try this. Uh, God. It's been hard, I
2: have to say.
3: It's been a hard... My road hasn't been an easy, you know, they say the road less traveled or whatever. My road has been a bumpy one. And... um, Thank goodness, I opened my heart to Sandy. You know, there were other places along the way, other groups, other associations, other things. I said I was a, I've was been
2: a seeker. But really, when I got into
3: women's group in Keene, New Hampshire, aye, 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 it really, um, Patty said, Sandy is a therapy on steroids. I'll say <laughs> steroids. <laughs> it's like boom, but a boom, but a boom, and it was a it was intense uh, some
2: weeks you know, in women's group is every week. you know I made the commitment, and I don't know why I did to make the commitment to keep coming back as they said they I keep coming back, and I kept coming back, and you know. Some weeks were horrendous, but I have to say the women and all the women, you know who you are in our group, who have been there with Sandy facilitating, it has been a group effort Um break open my shell and I had a I got to say a brick wall. I got to say that, right Sandy? A brick wall and I I can remember one time when I had such anger, I'm going to share one quick story. I had such anger, Sandy was saying, "Okay, pretend I'm your first husband." And the women held me. We were in a room, and the women held me. Was, it was a psychodrama. Yeah, it was a psychodrama. And the women were holding me back from coming after Sandy, and I was saying, F you in no uncertain terms, and Sandy said, "Wait, let's take off our rings."
0: (laughs) Because
2: I was going for her, she was my first. Take your (laughs) jewelry off, and I was going for her. In the anger, in this psychodrama, I was pissed, and um, it it worked out that they were holding me back, but I ran for Sandy, and I was Sandy was not Sandy at that time. And through it, you know, I got down on the floor. She got me down on the floor. And somehow there was a breakthrough of my anger, my brick wall. It was huge. You know, I ended up crying, really bad crying, you know, (laughs) crying. And the women, the women in the group supported me. They were like angel wings around me. And that was an amazing release, worth every minute of the pain of going through that. And I don't know if this relates to what you were saying, Sandy, but that was a huge breakthrough for me in women's group. What I want to say about that is when I do the psychodrama work, and it's really psycho-spiritual. It is going through the experience of a dynamic of interaction. It's not talk therapy. Mm -hmm. It's not sitting there and having a thought or a feeling and expressing it. We go and we start the story, and it is a theatrical experience. And if anybody's ever heard of psychodrama, it's a wonderful, wonderful modality that I literally love because it takes you back into a situation that you create. The people in the room become the characters that were in your life. And it's interesting, and that's really the metaphysical part of it, is when Someone, when I ask the question, who can be your father? Who can be your husband? Who can be your mother? And there gives the goosebumps on my goosebumps, that all of a sudden the entity, the spirit of the person that is your very, um, witnesses the adversarial aspect of your soul shows up. And we end up not pretending in themes. We end up going into a place where you finally get to say what you truly want to say to bring an honesty to a dynamic by going back in time. And it's literally like shape-shifting because all of a sudden we're not in keen, We're not in whatever year it is. We are in the presence and everybody in the room feels Feels it. It's an altered state of consciousness and it's an altered state of interaction because our minds do not know time and space. Our souls do not know time and space. And that when we let go of that place of control, we can traverse the universe to any dimension of time to Patty's, Patty's belching, to relationship and to the moment that we need to recapture, to literally claim our soul from the very person we either gave it to or they spilled it from us. And to do a soul retrieval in the depths of that type of atmosphere is where I believe, because of experience, Well, let's put it this way. I know because of experience we are able to heal universally. Not just, I'm going to get over that. I go clean myself. I find myself. I clean myself. I'm accountable for my karma. And the beauty of the work of that type of psychodrama is It also gives us the relief of knowing we didn't make a mistake by getting involved with someone that was so deeply involved with us through the hardships of our life and we may have had to leave, including our parents. So this is something so transformational. It's so cutting edge. It is so in that place of the universe gives you the quiet, to finally be loud. And everybody in the room is in agreement that your voice knows the truth. And what's so impeccable about those moments is that when we're all when, when the when the energy is flipped when you come home, everybody in the room feels it. The lie is over. The struggle's over. Let's talk about that. What's it like when you feel the struggle of someone's soul shifted?
3: CB. You can often see it in them physically, almost immediately. Sandy will often ask us if we see the shift, and you can. Their eyes change. The color of their skin can change. Now they're seated. And their whole presence changes there's like relaxing that occurs in people. You know, you just see them sort of relax inside themselves and all that energy they showed up with has dissipated. And they can talk about what's happened to them in a totally different realm. So it's quite amazing to see it and to understand what you're seeing when you're looking at it. I'm not sure that I would have really appreciated that if I hadn't done all this Work in women's group because you become much more discerning after a while if you've done this work when you are talking and being in the presence of other people. So that's what I have to say about that. Yep. Yeah. Um
2: I'm not sure I. Have,
4: uh, I'm not sure I have much to add to to what um, Phoebe said. It's. Uh, I think that's that's pretty much dead on I think you see I think the only thing I would add is is that you also see this recognition in the in the person um I think uh what she said is all true there's a relaxing there's a letting go physically and emotionally but there's also this recognition where they recognize what what just happened to them um, for them And they also recognize Like they recognize themselves Like they see themselves and, um, and and it's kind of this Like aha moment Everybody in the room has this aha moment um,
5: Including The person themselves um, Yeah it's almost like um, It's almost like we're mirrors I know we mentioned this For each other You know, like when you can see the shift in someone else or their relaxing face or um, the shift in awareness or the appreciation or the openness of accepting the love that's in the room. It's like we all kind of bounce off of each other in this glass mirror-like way and the light just like bounces in all of our directions and um if you think on a grander scale like Sandra was just saying you know it creates this huge shift like within the group and in
2: consciousness and in the outside world
1: okay Sue you're unmuted what would you like to say Well, I've been trying to talk for just a couple of minutes, and I I wanted to bring up. Can you hear me okay? First of all,
2: yes.
1: Okay, great. You know, when you were talking about, like, when somebody had asked a question, how do I know when I'm ready for the work? And and you know, what I really wanted to contribute, um, having been in women's group for three years, and having done the counseling, psychiatrists, and things like that prior, um, it really is soulful work, and. First and foremost, showing up is the most important thing. And I think what I've found in women's group is that we start to find our authentic selves. And it's really through mirroring of the other woman and what they go through and what we see in ourselves as we start to walk through life. And for me, I think Santi had pointed it out earlier in the show You know, like, one of my biggest struggles really has been dissociation. You know, when I was a young child as a result of growing up in an alcoholic family. And Women's Group has really given me the amazing support to feel comfortable to start to become my authentic self, where I feel safe, where I feel loved, and um, where trust has started to become an everyday word for me and you know I have everything to be thankful for for all the women thankful that I actually had a friend who suggested that I join the women's group who participates there and also for Sandy who has that eye to 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 at least show me parts of myself in a more soulful and spiritual way that I can do work in a way that I think is um, beneficial and applies to my everyday life. And so, you know, I'm certainly in a different space than, the, you know, the other woman in the group in terms of I'm, I'm you know, back in my childhood working and, and people may be working and focusing on different things. But just to answer that question, I think showing up is the most important thing and just learning to be your authentic self. And I, I am so grateful for Women's Group. And all that I've learned in my journey, and it hasn't been easy, but um, I feel safe with them, and I feel safe with Sandy, and I feel blessed. So I, I just wanted to contribute that. I'm at work, and I'm glad that I can pipe in, so thank you.
2: Well, you're very welcome, and thank you. Sue, just just because you've been on the sideline, if you have a couple of more minutes, what brought you to group? What was the inertia that brought you to do your work
1: well i um I think I'd been frustrated because I had been to counselors I had been to you know uh, different modalities of treatment and and I think you know uh maybe one of my friends in group you know really recognized that I would benefit from i think the working together with other women to help to I don't know. Maybe do the type of work that that would bring me forward. So I had been doing some work with Sandy prior to um, joining the group, and it and it was a big deal. It took me a while to open up to group, but I think uh, there is a sense that I had I tried other modalities, and and although they've worked, I I needed something you know in my core, in my heart, that I felt. Uh, connected with and to. And I think that I'm finding that both with my individual work with Sandy as well as with the woman, you know, in the group.
2: Bravo, bravo. So we're at the top of the hour. How would you like to just really very simply wrap it up because we have three minutes
4: I would just like to say that um, I am
2: very grateful for
4: uh, for being able to be a part of group with all these amazing women and the work that we do and, um, and the growth that we do with each other.
5: Um, I'll second that. And then also, you know, when or if you're considering a women's group or some kind of healing in that way, just trust your heart and bring your heart to the table and listen to it.
2: And for me, Linda, I'm very grateful to Women's Group. To it has helped me to get more comfortable in my skin. If that, if you understand what I'm saying, I'm definitely at
3: more peace through the work I've done with Sandy and Women's Group, and I am very grateful for that. Uh, this is Phoebe, and um, I'm very grateful that uh, our group here uh, got the opportunity to talk with uh, all of you out there and um, to uh, express to you how women can be so powerful at healing women.
2: <laughs> <in the> air.
0: <laughs>
2: so we have. literally a minute and 20 seconds and what I would like to say is first of all I am honored I'm honored I'm thrilled I'm excited because part of my life is so intertwined with all the people that are sitting here tonight and all the people through the past 40 some odd years that I have been able to work with and be blessed with as a support and a seer and as a encourager for them to find out who they are and to know themselves. And I just want to say in reference here to some of the conversation that's been going on with I truly believe that if you need support because you're finding your way, then find a way to find the support that honors you. And then when you're ready to take your own guidance, Truly trust in it, honor it, and know that your voice is the only true voice you have. But sometimes it's cluttered by all the crap that voices took our lives away from us. And part of the women's group or part of the therapy, part of the personal work is to take the clutter out of your mind or to sort it so that your mind belongs to you. And then nobody can take it away from you ever again. There is nothing worse than having someone tell you you're crazy when what you truly are is saying. So with that, I love you all. Thank you, my women's group. Thank you, Dana. Thank you, thank you, thank you, chat. I will see you next month, and Dana will be here soon. Amen. Good night, Star Nations. Thank you, everybody.
1: We hope you enjoyed The Sandra Herrick Show. On the Star Nations Radio Network.
5: You are listening to Star Nations Radio Network. Communications from home.
0: Log Talk Radio.
5: Welcome an have Earth radio show with your host, Denise Iwana, on the Star Nation's Radio Network.
3: Good evening, everybody. Welcome to the Star Nation's Radio Network. This is your host, Denise Iwana. And I want to say thank you to Sandy and to Patty and Rebecca and Linda and Phoebe and... Uh, Patty and Sue, all of those beautiful ladies out there in New Hampshire that joined Sandy tonight. I've met all of those women, and they are an amazing group of women uh, that shine their light so beautifully and so brilliantly in this world. It's just It was just fun to be here with all of you and all of them tonight, listening to them share. And it is, it's a beautiful thing when we all of a sudden find ourselves waking up to something different, waking up to our soul. Oh yeah, we have one of those. And understanding that uh, we came here for a purpose, we came here for a reason, we came here to shine our light, our gifts and our talents. And sometimes just having that glimmer of something new, something different is happening here, leads us on a path to self-exploration, self-understanding, or as Paramahansa Yogananda said, self-realization. And one of the most beautiful things that can happen is when you find a group of souls that help you to fully realize yourself, There there are some bits of our work that we do on behalf of our soul that we do in solitary and there are those bits that we find are complemented by being in community. And I just want to thank all of the ladies out there because you never know who you may have inspired this evening. You know, to think about well, you know what, something is happening in my life and maybe there are people out there who would understand me and not find me crazy and uh, can help me to grow, help me to expand, help me to fully realize, help me to become all that I came here to be. This evening on my show, Balancing Heaven and Earth, we're going to be talking about the gifts that each and every one of us were given when we come into this world, You know, years ago, I was sitting out in the Badlands. For those of you that have watched uh, the movie Thunderheart, right? It takes place out there in the Badlands of South Dakota. And I was sitting out there in the Badlands with my brother-in-law, Buzz, young man, afraid of his horses. And he and I were sitting out there, and we were smoking my chanupa, And saying prayers with the chinupa and drinking some ice-cold Coca-Colas and eating some Traverse City cherries. And all of a sudden he said to me, you know, sister-in-law, one of the things that that my great-grandmother taught me, she was married to chief young man afraid of his horses. What she used to say is everybody in this whole world, when you're born here onto Unchimaka, onto grandmother earth, you come with a gift. You come with a medicine. And that medicine that you come with from Wakantanka, from the great spirit of all things, is your gift. And what you do with that gift that you've been given is what you give back to Wakantanka. Right? Billy Mills also said something about that. What do you do with your gift? How do you express your gift? And he looked at me and he said, you have to remember that not all medicine women have the same gift. Your gift is the gift of seeing spirits. Your gift is the gift of talking to the spirit. Your gift is the gift of communicating with those spirits that live in the Wakian Oyate, the thunder nation, the thunder being. That is your gift. That is why your spirit name is Wakian Towian, Blue Thunder Woman. Because you were given this gift, but everybody has gifts he said. I'll never forget that time sitting out there. It was the last time that I ever did a trip like that with my brother-in-law because that very winter he passed. He walked west. And I've thought about that conversation over and again recently about these gifts that we've been given. And we can't always explain the gifts that we've been given. And not everybody appreciates the gifts that each and every one of us has been given. They're not always explainable to other people. How do you explain when you can talk to the spirit world? How can you explain when you communicate back and forth and you see them and you hear them and you touch them and you smell them? It was interesting this past weekend when... Two of my sisters, uh, Della Badwound and Del Marie, who you all know, Del Marie were in my inipi. We had a inipi ceremony, sweat lodge purification ceremony. And for those of you that listen to Del Marie's show, when she talks about the wisdom of the Lakota teachings, and recently she's been teaching about the medicine wheel teachings, but she often talks about that she wishes that she could hear spirit. She wishes that she could see spirit. She wishes that she could interact with spirit like other people do. And I always say to her, Chui, but you have these beautiful, you know, talents and gifts that you've been given. They may not be the same as other people, but you've been given gifts by the creator And it was really interesting after the Inipi when we were all sitting around uh, the other fire, not the sacred fire, but we were sitting around our other fire here in the forest and Rob was playing some guitar and everybody was just chatting and uh, Delmarie looked at me and she said, Mitankala, this is the very first time. This is the very first time that I've been inside Inipi and I was able to hear the spirits talking. I could hear your spirit helpers talking in there. This was the very first time, and she was so happy. And I said, Del, I'm happy that you were able to hear sparrow hawk, and you were able to hear some of the others talking in there, or singing in there, or chirping in there. But you have to remember that you also have gifts beyond the ability to hear that the Creator gave you. The creator gives each and every one of us a gift, and sometimes we wonder. Sometimes we wonder, what is our gift? Is there such a gift of the spirit outside of what I call the clairs, clairvoyance, clairsentience, right, clairaudience, all the clairs? Are there other gifts that the creator gives to us? Well, who we are when we shine our soul light, that's our gift. Who are you when you are really being you? Who are you when you are really being you? Not when you're being who other people told you you should be or who other people are comfortable with you being. Who are you when you are just being you? That's the question. In that, you'll find your gift. I was spending a little bit of time with my uh, Chue. Chue means elder sister in the Lakota language. So my Chue, Della, bad wound. And Della was a nun. She was a religious sister of mercy for many years. She's now 75 years old. She's also a linguist. For those of you that have watched the movie Dancing with Wolves, and you wonder, how did all of those actors learn how to speak the Lakota language? Well, it was my elder sister, Bella, who taught them that language for the movie. And she's a stickler about that language. In fact, she corrected me. Thankfully, I was glad she corrected me after the Inipi about something that I've been saying. And I said it just slightly different than the way it should be said. And she apologized for correcting me. And I said, no, you have this gift of understanding the language. You have a gift of teaching people the ancient star language of the Lakota people. That is a gift you've been given, Chue. Please don't apologize for correcting me. I'm thankful that you corrected me. I don't want to be saying something wrong in a language, especially an ancient language. Boy, when I'm pouring a ceremony or holding a sacred ceremony, I need to know what I'm saying and I need to know that I'm saying it in the ancient way Correctly. Oh, she said, oh, I'm so glad that you think of it that way. I said, that's a gift that you have. That's one of many gifts that you have. And so she went through my manuscript, Prayers and Incantations to the Light, and uh, she helped me with the Lakota language. That's a gift that she has. That's a gift that she has. She said, you know, sometimes I feel really funny when people just describe me as being a nun. She said, I'm a lot more than a nun. I said, well, yeah, of course, we're all a whole lot more than what people describe us as, right? People describe me in many ways. People describe me all sorts of ways. But who am I when I'm just being me? Kathy Skirmerhorn and I had a really fun time earlier today. We did our trip to the health food store and the not-so-healthy donut shop and all those fun things, and we, and we were talking about authenticity and uh that was a really good conversation she and I had about who are we when we're just being who we are. And we got on the subject of the stroke, the first stroke that I had 13 years ago, right, that left me, well, kind of in a bad way, but it gave me some wonderful challenges, didn't it? Rewired me. It was a gift. It was a gift. But there are still challenges all these years later that come with that that come with the gift. There are challenges sometimes that come with our gifts, with the gifts of the Spirit, with the gifts that we've been given as an artist, as a teacher, as a speaker, all of those things. There are so many gifts. As Hafiz, I love the Sufi master Hafiz. Hafiz talks about, beloved, there are so many gifts that you were given on the day of your birth. There are so many gifts that you've not yet unwrapped. Isn't that the truth? I believe that each and every one of us has been given so many gifts, or we've come into this lifetime with so many gifts, and some people never unwrap a single one of them during the course of a lifetime, and other people unwrap them methodically. Not all gifts reveal themselves to us, the day we get here. For me, I could see spirits and talk to spirits and all that kind of crap a little from the moment that I arrived on this earth plane. There are other gifts that unwrapped and unraveled as I got older, as I aged. Other gifts revealed themselves. It was my job not to have somebody else unwrap them for me and feed them to me but to help me understand that they are indeed a gift and to help me nourish those gifts. So if you're thinking to yourself, well, I don't know about gifts. You know, I thought as I was a kid I had a gift or two, and I'm not so sure now that I'm 30, 40, or 50. Sometimes we take our gifts for granted, How many of you have a gift that you just absolutely take for granted and you think, well, everybody else can do this. I'm certain everybody else can do this. (laughs) Right? Oh, my goodness. As you all know by now, I spend winter, every Friday of my winter, at the Heartful Art Studio in Big Rapids, Michigan, with my beautiful friend Nikki Jorgensen. I love to do art. I love to be creative. I can do kind of, sort of, good things in that venue. Mickey has that gift. Mickey nourishes the gift in me, and I watch her nourish the gift in the children, in the children that come to the Heartful Art Studio that just want to paint something. I've watched this. How many of us were told as a young child, well, you can't sing, you can't draw, right? there, I've had teachers. Well, I still really can't sing. I will say that. You know, as a dear friend once said to me, I know what your problem is. You need to sing in the Lakota language because when you sing in English, it's not quite the same. So just stick to the Lakota language and you sound pretty good. But it's damaging for a child to hear an adult or other children say, well, you can't do that. You're really awful at that. You stink at that. Don't ever do that again. Sometimes we do a fine job of telling our own selves that. Well, you stink at that. Don't ever do that again. That was terrible. Earlier doing Sandy's show, this is interesting, Woof Woof was on, and I'm hoping that Woof Woof calls in. He's from the down under. Talking about the fact that, you know what, we cannot help other people awaken. We can't. Everybody awakens in their own time and in their own way. Some people prefer to stay asleep, and that's their prerogative to stay asleep. You know, sometimes we just want to shake some folks right by the collar and say, would you wake up, please? The fact of the matter is we cannot wake other people up, but when other people are waking up, we can be there for them. We can be there for them. Ever been there with somebody When their heart awakens for the very first time. Hi, Jocelyn, little sweetheart. By the way, those of you that are the people with big hearts on the earth plane, that is what is known as the charismata. That is a gift from spirit. That is a gift from spirit. For those of you that ever wonder, sometimes I get accused of being too Christian, I get accused of being too native, I get accused of being too Buddhist, I get accused of a whole lot of different things, right? I am who I am. But one of the biggest questions that comes to me usually is from somebody who is wondering, so you're a psychic medium, well that's one way to put it, isn't it? I prefer sensitive or seer or thunder dreamer, all means the same thing. And oh, and by the way, the words thunder dreamer are not exclusive to Native America. They are also Hebrew. They are also Hebrew. You can find pieces and bits about that in the Old Testament. Yeah, about being a thunder dreamer. What does that mean? That means you're able to see, it means you're able to see spirit. And some people think that those are the only gifts that people are given are the ones that are so absolutely profound and spiritual. But let's think about this for just a moment. What is perhaps the most beautiful gift that anyone can give, at least in my thought processes, is the gift of being a loving and kind soul. That is a gift of the spirit. That is the gift of the spirit is to be loving and to be kind. That, I believe, is perhaps one of the greatest gifts that anyone has ever been given. And I think I see Woof Woof here. I think I have you right here. Hold on. Woof Woof, is this oh. you? <gasps>
6: can you hear me okay?
3: I can. What is your name really, I can't.
6: <laughs> <laughs> Oh, well, I have a name. I'm not a name, but um, for clarity... Um yeah, my name is Bob Bob Eden and I live in with uh, Whitsunday Islands in Australia. And um if you like, I'd just like to share a little bit uh, because I resonated so much with um you know the, the first uh, part of the show and um that's what put in the call But um and thank you for um letting a bloke into your your sacred circle and uh, <laughs> but we're we're all humans, aren't we? um so
0: we
6: if are you, if we at, are if it's okay Denise I'd just like to share a little bit about who I am and where I am now and how I got here and um um because of the time delay um if you could just let me finish my train of thought if I go on too long just say something like rabbits you know because it is your show
0: <laughs>
6: <laughs> but um <laughs> yeah 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 it's it's uh okay where am I now um I'm 65 years old, and uh, I am content. Um, I have faced my own death probably about a dozen times in my life, not because I'm some sort of rabid, weird thrill seeker, but just through living life at the edge, living life to the fullest. Um, um, I think my awakening came um, probably in 1984 when I first had my first panic attack and was just you know um, let's say um, told that i had depression so i began this fight with depression in 1984. about 15 years later i turned it into a dance and uh, now on the other side of it i simply look on that moment as that was the start of my awakening and for me it, it was the gift of depression because that pain is what drove me to find my own answers. And so I began the inner journey in about 1990, um, using great, great resources like John Bradshaw and the family of origin stuff, and went on the inner journey. And then with the, the, the depression thing, I finally realized that, you know, I'm very empathic, I always have been, and I'm feeling all this pain. So I just sat down, and I asked myself this question one day, okay, Bob, what's what's the longest relationship you've had in your life? And the answer was obvious. It is with me. So ergo, logically, I am the only expert on my life. Why am I believing what other people are saying about me? So let's have a look at this pain. And then I realized um, that the pain I was feeling was the pain of just any sentient feeling soulful human being having to live in such a crazy corrupt hurtful society that's the pain i was feeling so it wasn't my pain and so i was able to put a a border around it and and identify it for what it was That what i was feeling was natural it was a natural response to, um, to to living in this crazy society, which we all support, either consciously or unconsciously. But that is changing. And so that's why I call it the gift of depression. And um, so that was one of my gifts. My other gift, um, and being a parent, I noticed... Um, children, you know, when they're about two, two and a half, and they're tottering around, and the world's magical, and I just had the thought, well, that's how we enter the world. We should move on up from there. But by the time the kids are five, six, or seven, it's all beaten out of them, you know, uh, beaten out of us, mm-hmm. from wandering around mm-hmm. d- dull Eye. But um, I think the fundamental problem for me, and I've worked as a counsellor, and I've I run support groups. And you know, I can't shake anybody awake. I can't wake them up. Who said um, you can drive your flop to the library, but you cannot make them read? For most of them, would simply go in and eat all the books. You know, it's like that. <laughs> 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 yeah, I really, I really, really like that one. So I realised that, um and. Um, up in the these a few years ago, I became a professional skipper, you know, a, a vessel commander, master and commander. And when I, when I actually qualified, the first time I took a boat out, it was a big realisation that the buck stops here, Bob. You know, I am totally responsible for everything that happens on this vessel. You know, the safety of the crew, the safety of the passengers, the well-being of the vessel, everything. It all stops with me. And I was watch uh, watch that movie Master and Commander. Now I believe all are equal, and all are unique. I suppose they're my only two commandments. So basically, we're all sovereign. But I didn't like calling myself sovereign because of the images it brought up. So what I did was I took that ideology of being a ship's captain. And applied it to my whole life. Now, I am master and commander of my life. And I take full responsibility for everything that happens in my life. The why never bothers me because the why is always in the past. And the answer to the why it happened is always the same. Because I created this event. And it's there for me to learn a lesson from it. So what lesson can I learn from this? And what, you know, and that. That learning, I take forward into my journey and add to my truth. So as commander, master and commander of my life, I simply thought, well, what's my life purpose? Well, I'm master. I'll set my own purpose. So at that time, about seven or eight years ago, I set my life purpose to be just to simply find my own truth. So like that bank, I got the big one out of the way. Most people spend their lives wondering what their purpose was, but I set my purpose. And then the next point I considered was, okay, I'm here as a spiritual being having a physical experience. How do I want to experience this life? And so I set my own conscious life intention, which is I am here to have a gentle, joyful, loving, and abundant life. So that I am here to have is very important it's my direct command to the universe but it's also my address to the universe and the universe knows where to deliver it so yeah. since i carried out those two operations um i can I, can i put it um one night on the boat I says a little story um i spent my life in research so i've got an amazing intellect but, but up until this moment really you know my mind was in the driving seat but there was a, a night on the boat, it was about seven thirty at night, and it's dark up here. And I was sitting in the boat with my little dog Barnaby and I was on Facebook, on his Facebook page, and all of a sudden the lights went dim in the boat. And I looked across at the vault made, I don't know, plenty of vaults. And I couldn't breathe. I couldn't breathe. And there was this wispy blackness next to me on my left hand side uh, just at the edge of vision I thought well hello old friend you're here again you know I thought the the grim reaper had come to claim me and it was all over Red Rover (laughs) so I just I just just typed into Facebook um, hey guys if I don't post anything in the next half hour can you get the volunteer marine rescue to come out and get uh, Barnaby because I thought I was going to die and I couldn't breathe there was no pain I just couldn't breathe and so Facebook went wild for a while and I'm sitting there, sitting there and I don't know about you but every moment a near-death experience like, time is an immaterial it just seems to stretch but it seems like I was sitting there for two, two or three minutes uh, pondering what am I gonna do so I just checked within my body and let it do what it wanted to do so I walked up the gateway uh, leapt overboard so I'm naked, leapt overboard into the bay. I'm surrounded by mangrove trees where crocodiles live, jumping into an ocean where sharks live. It's nighttime, and they both feed at that time. And I'm lying on my mm. back like a starfish, mm. looking up at the moon, <laughs> which is a full moon. And I could see two full moons. And, and, a, and <laughs> in what was just moments, all of a sudden there was a big... <sighs> and I was breathing again and that is the night I consciously chose to totally trust in my intuition into listening to my heart into honoring my body and um, and since then it's it's always it's been you know just a magnificent journey I found that I have very few friends now because um how could I put it? I can't, it's hard for me to find people on this not only not on the same page, reading the same book, um, mm-hmm. but it's mm-hmm. it's a beautiful place to be, and I I know now that I don't have anybody's answers. I you know I believe that everybody has to find their own answers, and mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. some what. I'll just share a couple of little insights and then I need a cup of coffee and a cigarette and i have been looking forward to your, I'm totally content with me. I'm no saint. Um, but this, this one really, really liberated me. Um, um, I say I've got an amazing intellect, but I suddenly realized that my mind is only a tool that I use when I choose. Now I treat my mind like I treat my little dog Barnaby. When my mind gets feisty, I take it for a walk. I send it off. Go and do research on this and come back. And so off it goes, wagging its little tail, does the research and come back, back and reports to me. Then I pat it on the head and and right, right mind, get back in your basket because my, you know my heart's my heart's in the driving seat. And people say. Bob, you seem to be walking your path. But for me now, it's not so much I'm walking my path. I've jumped on, off the path into the flow, uh, into the flow of now. And But I am at the helm. I am still at the helm of my journey. And um, so, yeah, um, I'll just close with, yeah, my mind is just a tool that I use when I choose, Um, Mm -hmm. my words are my spells. So I do cast them wisely because the universe is always listening. And what I radiate, (laughs) I get supported in. Um, this one came the other day and I love it. It's, um, think thinking is the weapon of mass distraction. Now I have found a place within my heart space that I call my knowing my inner knowing. And, um, How can I put it? And my knowing has no words. But through that inner space of knowing, I kind of made a connection to a place I call the universal galactic library of all that there is to know. And I I get these occasional downloads like um, feelings are healings, which is why I spell Mm -hmm. feeling, P-H-E-L-I-N-G. Feelings are healings. Once again, I'm casting my spells, you know, and, and it's working for me. I've just gone through Cyclone Debbie, which was a Category Five cyclone, nights of 23rd, where I lost my boat, lost my home, lost everything. And the lesson I learned from that was uh, what's important to me. You know, I managed to save my two dogs and me and, and, and found safe haven. But the lesson I learned from that was to let go of attachments to things. Now the only things I have, the only value things have in my life now, are for their utility. You know, they help me do stuff. But that's it. I'm now living in an, an old caravan um, that um, I bought. I've, I've got a bed one end and I've got a, a plank on bricks at the other end. With the, uh, that's my desktop where my laptop is and where I'm talking to you from now. But I'm sitting under this huge mangrove tree. There were mm. eight ducks in the yard mm. this morning. The sun's shining. It's a pastel blue sky with a few white fluffy clouds. It's 28 degrees centigrade. My dogs are content. I am content. You know, but I'm no saint. I'm just an ordinary bloke. But I had the courage to go within. And I think that's the hard thing. It took that leap of faith to actually trust my inner knowing, trust my intuition. So thank you, Denise, for letting me share. And thank you so much for not interrupting um, I think the well, way uh, forward Can I ask you what,
3: one question?
6: You, you can ask me another one. Yeah.
3: Um,
0: <laughs> Sorry. Well, I thoroughly <laughs> enjoyed funny.
3: communicating with you this evening, and it's nice to meet you. Um, when you began experiencing the awakening, and you mentioned yeah. that you you experienced fewer Fair. friends, fewer
0: Mm-hmm.
3: how did you deal with that there how are a lot you, of people who are afraid to who awaken work. because they're afraid they will lose people what is your advice to them or what is your insight oh, well I think the basic well
6: <laughs> it's funny I love this one from I do um, Totally think mm-hmm. that there is need to understand anything but I'll contradict that one uh, because I do live by that but I've come to a place where I think one of the biggest problems in Western society with people is they lost their belief in themselves. They no longer believe in themselves. They no longer believe that they are worthy. And what I am realizing more and more is if I want to have an abundant life, I need to live abundantly. And I need to believe with every element of my being that I deserve this. And so I did some work and I went back to try and remember the first time that I stopped believing in myself. And this is my earliest recollection. I was about four and a half years old and it was a Sunday morning and I got up and I brushed my teeth and combed my hair and got dressed and put on my favorite red T-shirt and bounced down to breakfast. And mum said, Bobby. Go in chains. Put on your blue T-shirt. You know you love your blue T-shirt. So I stood up confused. I thought, well, hang on. I thought I love my red T-shirt, but Mum's big and she's angry and she's violent and she's and she's Mum. So she must be right and I <laughs> must be wrong. And that and that was a habit that started then and probably maybe started before it. But that is a habit that just got compounded consecutive events until I eventually ended up being a total people pleaser and putting everybody else's needs before my own. And I was known as good old Bob. And I'm gifted with many talents. I can fix most things. So Peter would phone up and say, hey, Bob, the combi's broken down. And I'd say, right, Peter, I'll be right round. I might be in the middle of dinner, but I went round. Fix this combi, come back for cold dinner. Mm -hmm. I did. All I did was realise that, hey, I'm Robert the Robot. I'm behaving like a robot, a trigger I have, and I respond in the same way that I did in the past. But each moment is unique and different. So all I did was interpose one step. So people, I'm still helpful, but when people call to me now for assistance, I say, yeah, I'm just checking with what I need to do to meet my needs first. So, you know, if I'm having dinner and somebody wants help, I say, well, hey, Peter, I can't get there now. How about um, an hour and a half's time? Is that okay with you? so i look after my needs first and it's not selfishness for me it's vital it's essential that and only i know what my needs are you know um so people that say i know what you need to do well that's all ego you know i am the only expert on my life and it's it's trusting that so i hope that sort of um yeah I went around the houses a bit, but I hope <laughs> <laughs> that, was fantastic. Shed, some, that
3: was fantastic.
6: shed some light on it. Well, I, the way I look at it is um, I've spent my life in engineering. i spent my life 25 years in automotive research. And, um, and now for this inner journey, um, I just look at these things as tools that I pick up. Um, and I'm getting a reputation in the spiritual mechanic with with these little toolbox. But all I can say is I found these tools and they worked for me, which is why I believe the way forward for us all is to simply take that journey. And my journey just consists of anything that approaches me either resonates with my heart or is not part of my truth, not part of my story. Uh, and that's how I found my authentic self and found my own truth. And so, anybody that travels the path um, just needs to have the courage to be blatantly honest with themselves. And, you know, what other people think of me is none of my business. And my life is none of theirs. <laughs> you know, my journey is mine. And it's personal to me. And I gladly share it. But I'm not abusive, but I'm extremely assertive because I know who I am. And I love this one. This one made me laugh when I first saw it. It was, um, oh, come on, Bob. Uh, Religion is for those folks that are afraid of going to hell. Spirituality is for those folks that have already been there. Yeah, that is so, so true. That is the truth. For me, it's the truth. For me, it's the truth. Yeah, I love it. Um, And there are no gurus, you know. For me, all religions are about control. They just keep people, you know, the, the high priest become the parent, and the flock are the children, the victims. Now, for me, the way forward is to, to, to be an emotional an adult. Um, and, and, and I think I'm surrounded by what I call so many 50-year-old, 5-year-olds. They're a product of this indoctrination system that's been going on for generations in Western society, where there are no longer the shaman and the wise men to take like a, teenage, a teenager um, through the rites of passage to emotional and spiritual maturity. Sure, they age, sure, they uh, get educated, sure, they can talk a lot, most of them nonstop. Sure, they have opinions, but they don't know who they are and they're not emotionally and spiritually mature. And, they, and people say, well, it's, it's not their fault. It's Well, it is because they, they've chosen to stay unconscious at the bottom line Mm -hmm. anybody that's whinging Mm -hmm. has chosen to stay unconscious you know so i i have no time for whinges but i i have found that just by shining my light and when i go ashore you know well not ashore every day because i lost my boat but i go into town every day and everybody i meet you know, I I consciously pick out the people that are shuffling along with a chin on their chest and a dull face. And I look at them and say, "Good day, mate, and put out my hand and, sh- and shake their hand and say, What a beautiful day, isn't it? And we have a little chat. And you can see it in their demeanor. You know, all of a sudden they stand upright and there's a little twinkle in their eye and a grin starts to happen. And I've got this knack of... I've got loads of jokes, you know. I went around Australia eight times as a folk singer, so and this is my fifty second years of paid stage performance, so my stagecraft is pretty good. But with conscious intent I go out just to try and lift people. Just, you know, and that's that's what I'm doing. That's what I'm doing. Just letting my light shine. And from that approach, next time I meet those people, you know, they come back and say, How come you're always, you know, so up, you've you just been through a category five cyclone you lost everything. How come, you know you, you're still so bouncy. You're still so positive. I say well, every morning I will wake up and I go, "You ripper, another day." And the, the other one, the other one I really <laughs> love is this bullshit about um, my body is a temple, you know, like, and you've got to treat. For me, as a spiritual being having a physical experience, I look at my body as more like a bouncy castle. It's me. It's here for me to have fun and enjoy. <laughs> You know, and as I shuffle off this mortal coil, I expect to have four flat tyres, every every panel dented, all the glass broken, and smoke coming out from under the bonnet. Going, Yeha, ha! What a ride! What a ride! Because for me, that's what life is about. And John Bradshaw said, and I still remember that um, was, it is the biggest sin of any being to live their life without becoming who they were born to be. Mm. You know, mm. and and I'm just a simple bloke, but I followed my heart, and it means I've lost I lost my family, I lost my career, um, I lost everything in the process, but I found me, and I reckon it was a good trade, because, um, and I, I just feel so grateful to be alive at this period in time. Um, for me, the evolution of consciousness is exponential, and I I I have developed a global perspective, and you know. The evolution of consciousness is exponential and we've just turned the corner and the beast is dying. You know, you look around the world and the age of integrity is upon us. And you can mm-hmm. see the, the, mm-hmm. the beast is dying. You know, look at all this stuff in America with Trump. What a joke, you know, like, and I don't mm-hmm. even go there anymore. It's mm-hmm. all next based stuff. Anything, anything like that, War Look, I'm aware of all the pain and suffering in the world, but I live by uh, where attention goes, energy flows. So I give my attention to creating the life and the world that I want to experience, and it is happening for me. I've probably got $20 in the bank, but I'm the richest bloke I know, and that is priceless. I've got my two little dogs. um, I've got no packet of tobacco, I've got a bottle of rum, the sun's shining,
0: <laughs>
6: I've got a wicked sense of humour, <laughs> and I'm content with me, I'm, in, I'm content with me, <laughs> and thank you for allowing me to share, um, oh yeah. thank you for being yourself
3: so, Bob, thank you for shining your light,
6: well there are no coincidences are there Denise, you know everything, no I've there are the
3: you need to look me up on Facebook please, <laughs> Friend me on Facebook. I put my last name in the chat room. Please.
6: But well, you know my name is Eden. E D E N. Okay. Yeah.
3: Thank you, Bob.
6: Yeah. Hang on. My Facebook is Barnaby Eden. I use my dog's Facebook page, which always gets a giggle.
2: <laughs> Thank you, Bob. Well, have a beautiful the,
5: day uh, there
3: in the have Down a Under.
6: Yeah, there are so many people out there that take themselves so seriously. But, you know, I learned this from dolphins. They spend their life giggling. So that's, I'm just, yeah, learning from nature. So thanks, Denise. I'm going to bow out and keep on listening and have a cup of coffee and a cigarette and play with the dogs.
3: So thank you very much. (laughs) Thank you, Bob. Thank you, Bob. Well, I don't know about the rest of you, but. There aren't any coincidences in the universe, and uh, talking about letting our light shine and talking about our gifts and the way that we shine them in the world. The conversation that I just had with Bob um, is exactly what I'm talking about. The fact of the matter is we are half of a world apart physically, and yet here he is with all of us this evening in Sacred circle. Shining his light and sharing his gift, and I can say for myself, I learned some things tonight. I gained some in, insights tonight, and all because Bob happened to tune into Star Nation's radio network, saw what was going on with the Sandra Herrick show, and asked if it was okay if a bloke turned tuned in, and of course we wanted him in the chat room because all are welcome. And lo and behold, just because of the beautiful fact that he's shining his light, we had a conversation tonight about how important it is to shine your light, whatever your light is that it's supposed to radiate when it awakens. Because it does tell us, I'm about to awaken. And sometimes the awakening is a gentle process. For most of us, the awakening is not a gentle process. It's an initiation that we go through, right, those marvelous walks through the fire and the dark night so that we can find the light and then shine it. This is a perfect and beautiful way of showing the impact that each and every one of us has upon one another when we share our story, when we share our gifts, when we share the gifts that we've discovered along the way. How many people can say that they have survived a cyclone, lost everything that they owned, the physical, tangible, material things. Thankfully, the two doglets survived the cyclone. And so Bob called in from his trailer under a mangrove tree (laughs) in the down under to share his light and to share what he's learned in his 65 years, his insights. When people say to me, Denise, why is it that you love, why is it that you love listening to people's stories, I can sit in all day long and listen to people's stories. It's because I learn from other people's stories. There are gifts in the stories. There's a gift in your story. There's a gift in being who you are and expressing the gifts that were given to you, the medicines that you were given, or I should say the medicines that you've always had, but that you chose to express on the earth at this time in this particular incarnation. Whether it is the gift of knowledge, the gift of wisdom, the gift of love, the gift of a warm heart, the gift of clairvoyance, right? The gift of speaking in tongues, the gift of being a story keeper, a storyteller, the gift of being a really good human being, the gift of being a parent, the gift of being a good relative. There are so many gifts that we've been given. And so often we cherish the gifts that we see in others and we neglect or we negate our own. We negate our own. Whatever your gift happens to be, it's typically where we find our passion. It's where we find our passion, where our mind turns. And, you know, there is this thing about sharing our gifts and our talents sharing our gifts and our talents. It can change over time. Right? I was a really good softball player. I was a really good field hockey player in high school, junior high. Right now I probably wouldn't be so good out on the, you know, the field hockey <laughs> arena. Right? I can still toss a softball, but my gifts have grown as I've grown. I pray that they continue to grow and morph and change and develop and become. It's always when we start with that first little seed, that first little inkling. And I really do believe that one of the greatest gifts that we can share with one another is to help fire up another person, to light them up. People will say, oh, you pushed me right out of my comfort zone. (laughs) You pushed me right out of that box I was in. And I was pretty cozy in that box. Well, I think one of the gifts that I have is seeing when somebody is beginning to awaken and to say, you know, to the best of my ability, let me help you awaken or let me help nourish, allow me to nourish your awakening. We can each do that. And you know what? It doesn't take anything away from any one of us to say, wow, that's an amazing gift and a talent that you have. That's quite a story that you have. That needs to be shared. That needs to be shared because in the sharing of your story and your experiences and not all the pretty experiences, typically when we go to Facebook, all we see is the good stuff with people, right? Right? It always cracks me up when I see people celebrating their anniversary and, birth, and all this crap a on Facebook, and I know behind the scenes they're miserable. But on Facebook they put, oh, I've been happily married for 100 years. This is the love of my life, and I know damn well what it's really like in their house. And I think, well, you know, that's a mask that they're not ready yet to give up. We all do that, Right. But keep it real. Be real with yourself. And what is your reality? What is your reality? What has your reality been? What has your reality been? This afternoon when Kathy and I were talking, her husband, and Kathy has shared this publicly, so um, I'm not stepping out of turn by sharing that her husband, Ed, they are such a wonderful couple, these two, had a stroke. And there are lingering effects from that. And so I share what lingering effects are. But what is the gift? What is the beauty? And she said it earlier tonight. It's helping to make her more compassionate. It's helping to make her more compassionate to be the spouse of somebody who has had a devastating health issue. You know, there are sometimes I look at Todd when I'm going through one of my episodes and I can look on his face and all I can see is sadness. He looks at me and there's absolute sadness when I'm having one of my moments. And what is the gift in that? He'll say to me, I've learned a lot of things about being patient. I've learned a lot of things about looking beyond. I've learned a lot of things about being thankful for my, my perfect health. What is the gift? Sometimes the greatest gift of all the gifts that we've been given is to find the gift. It is to find that gift, the jewel, the diamond in the rough. What did I learn? What do I now appreciate? What do I now appreciate? Yeah. Bob is saying there is great strength in being vulnerable. It just takes courage. Yes, being vulnerable is not something that's easy for everyone. For me, as a quadruple Scorpio, being vulnerable, not so much. <laughs> right? But if you have a stroke and all of a sudden you, your right side of your body is paralyzed and you're depending on people to help you walk and talk and write your name and sign your checks and cook your food. Well, I remember that first week my good friend Tara Reetberg showed up every night for seven nights in a row. When I returned from the hospital, I couldn't cook. I couldn't write my own name. And every night Tara showed up with a different meal for me and my two kids That's a gift that she shared. She's an exquisite cook. A lot of people don't know that about Tara. And one of the gifts that that she has is being able to cook, cook beautifully, cook well, cook with love. And she shared that gift with me and my children. I've never forgotten that gift. And we never know any of us. Any of us at any moment in our life, when we share our gifts, that we may think, well, I know how to cook, so I can make some good food for them, and we take that for granted. You can take your sense of humor for granted. Sense of humor is a gift. A good sense of humor is a gift. A nourishing sense of humor is a gift, right? Right? the gift of being able to speak publicly, the gift of being a warrior on behalf of the light. There are so many gifts that we have been given. The gift of being the person in the grocery store that looks to somebody who looks kind of bedraggled and offers them words of encouragement. That is a gift. Right there, that is a gift. That is an expression of spirit and light through us. The gift of spirit and light through us. You know, here at Star Nations Radio and Magazine, we like to highlight these things. We call it communications from home. We all happen to believe, everybody here at Star Nations, that our true home isn't the stars. Isn't the stars. For my Lakota relatives, they believe that they came here from Ursa Major, the Big Bear, the Northern Star that eight-pointed beautiful blue star that you see on the Star Nation's logo. Boy, when you really start talking about our origins and where we came from, right, it's a beautiful thing to think that out of that we coagulated and we became and decided to have this wonderful walk this holy experience of being human. You know, I often talk about that time sitting there at the Sundance when one of the elders got up and said, you know, he was told by a medicine man. Why are you being so holy? If you wanted to be so holy, you should have stayed in spirit. You know how many spirits want to have a human experience right now? Do you know how many spiritual beings wish that they could have this experience experience of being human and bringing their gifts, their stardust here to the earth plane. Each and every one of us chose to do that. So whether you're able to see spirit, communicate with people, to communicate with spirits, to sing, to dance, to drum, to write, to speak on behalf of others, to be a voice of reason, to stand up with your right Valkyrie Shield Maiden shield and say, Enough is enough. That's a gift that you've been given, and you are at a soul level required to share it. Your soul knows that you chose to share it. Share your story. Share the lessons that you've learned by living your story. Every lesson that you have learned, every initiation that you have walked through has made you the beautiful, exquisite being that you are. Share that. Be that. It radiates in your aura anyway. It's out there in your light anyway. Only a dim bulb would not understand what your story is by sharing it on some level. Sometimes we have to ratchet it up and share the story in conversation by uplifting others to share their story. Some people live their story and never understand that there was any beauty within the story. I lived a shameful life. I lived a terrible life. And I say, wait a minute. No, let's back up. What did you learn in all of those experiences? What did you bring forth into the light to share? Right? What did you bring forth from the star nations, from the Wachitki Oyate? What did you bring forth from the stars to share? We are heaven on earth. We are heaven on earth. And laughter is great good medicine. Laughter is one of the highest vibrations in all of the universes within the universes, is to laugh, to not be so serious that we don't laugh at our experiences, our foibles, to share our gifts and talents. <laughs> Last word from Bob this evening this down under thing. I have a map of the world where Australia is at the top. It's all relative, hey? It is all relative. And we are all relatives. Mitakoye oyasi, mitakoyase. We are all related. And with that, everyone, thank you for joining me tonight or this morning. Wherever you happen to be around Unchimaka, Grandmother Earth, thank you for being here and thank you for shining your light. The world needs it. We all need it. We need each other. With that, everyone, blessings be. Good night and uh before you know it star nations magazine September issue will be revealed Good night everybody and Bob, I'm looking you up. Good night, everyone.
5: We hope you enjoyed this edition of Balancing Heaven and Earth Radio Show with Denise Iwana on the Star Nations Radio Network.